Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 49 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so glad you're here today. Today is amazing. Seriously. Uh, In this episode, I talked to the great Sherry Thomas, who is in fact down to earth and amazing. And um, I definitely fangirl on this one. She is a romance writer who takes the art and form of writing romance to new levels. She will blow your mind if you have not read her. She is so fantastic, so intelligent, so exciting. She can write scenes with so much excitement and passion and these fight scenes, you've got to read them to believe them. They are absolutely amazing. I am a huge fan and I make that real clear in this interview. So um, I know you're going to enjoy that. She was great. And what's happening in my world? Um, I'm nervous. My thrillers out on submission and I won't know for at least a little while longer, maybe a lot longer. And I have those kind of butterflies and this strange feeling of just kind of being stuck in mud. And I I think I've told you this before, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm anxious to get moving again. I'm working on two other projects, um, trying to really kind of center myself on one, um, I'm reading the book, uh, Growing Gills by Jessica Abel, who will be interviewed here on this podcast soon, I am excited to say. And it's really all about creativity and choosing the right projects to work on, prioritizing, um, making sure things happen. And I'm really enjoying that. I'm kind of going a little bit deep into um, my process, my processes, the way I work. Uh, that's that's really fun and nice, and I'm trying not to be nervous. I'm also just trying to have fun, which I have been having. Last week, I managed to go see Hamilton and Wonder Woman, which is better. Well, okay, Hamilton, but Wonder Woman was also very good. Um, went kayaking. Kayaking was a blast. We bought some inflatable kayaks, which if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me raving about $69 on Amazon. Yo, inflatable kayaks for the win. Uh, We went out on the estuary. We had such a fantastic time. It was just a very active, very busy weekend. And and we even went to a climbing gym with my nephew and then had had fun there. And uh, that's my problem today because a climbing gym is also a climbing germ gym. And so some, some kid bug got me. So I'm a little bit stuffed up and just uh, in a, in a groggy kind of sore throat mood. So I'm going to keep this very short and let you get into the incredible interview with Sherry Thomas. I know that you're going to enjoy this as much as I did in interviewing her. So, um, oh, uh, just a word of thanks to all my Patreon subscribers, uh, supporters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It really makes the difference. It means that you believe in me as a creator. It also means you get those essays on creativity. And thank you to new patrons, The Housewife with a, a Y-F-E, very um, Chaucerian. And thank you to Olivia Helling. Thanks so much for becoming new patrons. It really means the world to me. So um, off you go. Off to enjoy the interview. I'm going off to bed. So um, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.
Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more excited today to have Sherry Thomas on the podcast with me today. Uh, she's smiling because I am just trying not to fangirl and gush all over her. But hello, Sherry. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Let me give a little introduction for the very few people who might not know who you are. Uh, Sherry Thomas is... Oh, one- believe me. <laughs> I don't ever expect anybody to know who I am. <laughs> In my world, you are a superstar. Uh, Sherry Thomas is one of the most acclaimed historical romance authors writing today, winning the Rita Award two years running and appearing on innumerable best of the year lists, including those of Publishers Weekly, Kirkus Reviews, Library Journal, Dear Author, and All About Romance. She lives in Austin, Texas with her husband and sons. And I will just add that um, in my last romance class at Berkeley, uh, I included Not Quite a Husband, which was the 2010 Rita winner. Uh, That was an assigned text that my students had to read. (laughs) So okay. <laughs> you can now add to your resume that you were being taught at Berkeley. <laughs> I, I, I did not know that. When you said you were teaching at Berkeley, I thought Berkeley, the publisher. <laughs> <laughs> Berkeley, the UC, the extension. All so, right. Yeah. So good for, good for those uh, UC Berkeley students, I say, to be taught romance. <laughs> I really agree. I really, really agree. And I have to tell you just my quick little story about how I came to your work. Um, I published my first romance with HarperCollins and it was one of those, uh, it was my first finished book. I'd been trying obviously for 10 years to write a book, but, um, I, it was my first finished book. It was an accident that I got story structure correct, you know, as we just internalized story structure and I got it right the first try. And then of course I had a, a contract to write the second book and I failed miserably and I turned Hey, sounds, sounds like my story. <laughs> I loved hearing you at RWA last year as the keynote speaker. Um, But so I turned in this book and I realized after my editor got back to me and said, you actually need a plot, Rachel. It's good writing, but you need a plot. um, And then I was suddenly thrust into this uh, intensive story structure workshop of my own making. And I asked her for books and she she recommended you to me. And I just remember... (laughs) <laughs> it went two ways. Number one, I was so excited to see story structure in such a phenomenally, beautifully written way. And But on the other hand, I was like, oh, crap, I can't do this. I can't, <laughs> I can't write like Sherry Thomas. But then you became my favorite. I don't know favorite. which book you're referring to, but I think... Uh, um, I think that yeah. was not let quite a tell, husband. Let me tell you later my problem with structure. <laughs> <laughs> tell me now. Tell me now. Tell you now, um, I think uh, one of your questions that you sent ahead of time was like, what's the uh, most important, um, what's the most important uh, writing advice anybody gave you? Yes, please tell me. That, that I couldn't think of it for a while then because then I realized it's because it's so fundamental. I had like absorbed it so much that I had forgotten it as a piece of writing advice. It was just like, it became like, you know, um, um, a commandment by then. Uh, which is what my um, first editor told me in great frustration. (laughs) That, you know, stories uh, need a spine, which is exactly the same problem, probably what you had. It is exactly. Um, I I had no spine. I had many good characters and they had interesting conversations. There's 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 an interesting setup. My books always start with an interesting setup. 
and then it kind of just like run out of steam somewhere. Um, so uh, the uh, I wrote Private Arrangement twice. I don't know whether that's a book that your book. editor it, gave you. That might have been it, actually. I thought it was as not an quite example. A husband, um, but, so. Yeah. Um, so looking back, I realized upon rewriting it, I wrote it when I was much younger. And then five years later, uh, found it in a box uh, somewhere in the house and decided, wow, it's terrible. But I'm still taken with a core story idea. So I said, you know, I'm going to burn this down to the ground and start from scratch. Saving nothing except the characters' names and their original setup, okay. which, is, which is that of, you know... Uh, because I read so many books where uh, the hero thinks the heroine did something terrible, but she's really this innocent lamb. And I was like, what if I had somebody who really does something terrible? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, you know, when he thinks she's done something horrible, she actually has done something rather unforgivable. Um, so the, the setup was always like that. But in the first book, in the first iteration, it was a road trip. In the first iteration, it was, uh, first of all, chronologically written. Mm. So, like, the actual reunion didn't start until 150 pages in. And then they go on a road trip to Austria because I like sound of music. And I'll keep wondering why nobody ever set books in <laughs> historical romances in Austria. And, uh, and it was like, the reason they got together for that road trip was just kind of accident. She was already on a road trip. And they met somehow. So, so you can see, this is this is... There's no spine to that story, no. which is a series of uh, events and coincidences and yeah. people interacting. Um, and I accidentally got it right the second time. When I wrote it again, without quite realizing it, I got it right. And then came, as you said, the contract, the second book. Yeah. Um, the first draft of the second book, when I turned it in, I was thinking to myself, you know, it might be slightly problematic. But what I did not expect was a 16-page single-space editorial letter. Oh god. After that I chucked the whole thing and started again. That's what and I the did. second time and the second time it was okay for the first half. Not okay for the second half. So the second half went down again. I probably threw out like 30,000 uh, no 300,000 words oh. for that book. Yeah, and it also coincided with the year I was in grad school. So it was like all like <laughs> Oh my gosh. But don't you feel like I actually feel that really did, in a you know, in the cliched way, it really did make me a better writer. I do understand the underpinnings I, of that spine. I now. accidentally, I accidentally reread that reread that book uh, recently. I didn't mean to, but it came up somehow, and I was like, "Let me check this a little bit." And I was that was delicious. So by the time I got to the end, I was like, "Wow." It's like really good for three quarters of the book. And then all the various plot points were coming together. And I was like, that's too much plot at the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I have never reread one of my books. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine some, when I'm going to. I, some, of them, I, some of them reread better than others. Um, Not I, Quite a Husband rereads very well I've for me. I've read that so many times. Because, because when, when I read it, I'm like, I know I wrote it. But I don't remember writing it. Oh, it's, that's nice. It all seems like somebody else wrote it for me. Um, and um, His at Night was the one on which my, uh, because we had so much trouble with every book, uh, His at Night was the one that I keep showing her partials to in the hope to avoid this problem. Yeah. No, we had a huge showdown at the end also. It was, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> 
Like my critique partner had to stay up all night with me because I was rewriting it frantically and sending it to her. And and toward dawn, I think I lost my mind. Uh, and uh, it was it was on the last chapter, and I didn't know what I was doing. And the heroine was like peeing behind a bush, and she finally wrote me. She's like, "Stop, go sleep for some time." <laughs> I always have, I always write right up to deadline and my epilogues, when I get them back in uh, copy edits, I don't ever remember writing them. They're yeah. brand new, fresh. Cause I always write them when I'm so tired. Yeah. I love that feeling. It, 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 it happens sometimes when you go, I don't remember writing this, but it seems to be all right. So maybe I'll keep it. <laughs> exactly. When it surprises you. So, so what is the best time of day for you to write and where do you write? Um, ideally, I like to write between two o'clock in the afternoon to 10 o'clock, which is what in the Chinese call the middle shift. Uh, but um, I have family. I have children. They they're, like very, to eat. They're, they're very old now, but uh, they used to be young children. And that was not a good time to write. So I had to write either earlier or later. And earlier I get distracted and later I get sleepy. So <laughs> So um, I remember um, when I was rewriting Not Quite a Husband, it was, the first draft was so bad that my editor said, if you cannot fix this in three weeks, we're going to have to, uh, you, you will lose your publication spot uh, and you won't get another one for another year. Oh and, my God. And winter break for the kids and my husband took them to their grandma's place. So for two weeks straight, I was uh, home alone uh, writing. And yeah, those were the time I wrote. I wrote like, you know, from after lunch to after dinner. And it was like a fabulous block of writing time, which I've never had consistently since. <laughs> but you know that's so that, what it is. <laughs> I, I know that's what it is. That would be the best time to write. And yeah. where do you write mostly? I, I write at home. In I write almost, yeah. Um, I don't really have an office. So I, it depends on my physical condition. Sometimes, uh, um, if my back is fine, I'll be writing, you know, on couches and stuff. If my back is not so good, I'll be writing on a hard chair. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you, and how do you write? Do you write uh, first drafts on the computer? Are you longhand at all? I, I have paperless operation. Okay. Yeah. So it's always on the, on the, on the laptop. Yeah. And do you Never. Edit? edit on the laptop too? I edit on the laptop. Okay. I, um, yeah, it depends on my publisher. If they send me a physical, physical galley. I will do the last run on the on the on the paper, but if they don't send it, then I read it uh, off my computer. I never print anything out unless somebody else prints it for me. That's yeah. me, too, me too. Mostly because my printer is always broken or out of toner <laughs> or something. <laughs> I I um I have wrestled with my printer for many years running because I print promo stuff myself, mm. and uh, and let me tell you. I finally, for my 20th anniversary last year, uh, I told my husband to get me a continuous ink printer. What is that? That is uh, something you can get at Costco. I don't know if they're available elsewhere, but it definitely can get it at Costco. And that is a, um, a printer with tank, with four separate tanks instead of cartridges. Because anyway, otherwise, I try to refill the cartridges. And you know it's a pain to ask to refill the cartridges. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but eliminate the cartridges altogether. They can print 10,000 pages before they need refilling. That is Look it up. cool. Look it up. Uh, Epson 
Epson ET4550. I love it. I might yes. need one I, for I, my birthday. I love it so much. I love it so much. It's it's like, you know, <laughs> my favorite piece of electronics in the house. <laughs> I mean, I love my laptop. It's necessary for work, but it's 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 been a good laptop for a long time. But yeah. this replacement printer is like, you know, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's the best thing ever. So yeah. that has ink wells that you refill segueing into my next question how do you refill the creative well for yourself when you're running dry i i think one reason i don't run out of it is because um first of all i don't write a lot by today's standards uh, especially given um the pace people self-publishing oh, yeah. are writing yeah. i'm writing nothing at all i think for three years running i did two books a year and then uh for the past year and a half maybe it's just one book a year uh so that's that's like my well is full <laughs> uh, i am currently i'm currently trying to get um, more contracts so that you know because contract help you allocate time yes definitely so, so first of all i'm not writing that much which is why my well is not depleted second of all uh anybody with a cursory glance at my work will see that i have done everything not everything under the sun but i've written so many things uh, in romance, I've written historical, contemporary, I mean, mo mostly historical, but I have written contemporary and I have written one uh, erotic uh, uh, novella. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, uh, in this upcoming anthology, I tackle yet another um, subgenre of romance. And I've written three young adult fantasy um, books for a, my YA publisher, HarperCollins, who who's, used to be yours. Um, and right now I'm writing a historical mystery. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm writing uh, um, a, a female Sherlock Holmes. Have you, there's a lot of um, discussion about whether that hurts or helps your readership when you kind of split your genres like that. What, what have you seen in your own experience? I have, the, I have the slightest idea to tell you the truth. I don't either. I write in three genres and, and going into a fourth and I can't tell. I, I, I mean, if it has hurt me tremendously, I don't know if it has helped me tremendously. I don't know if I don't know. I figure that's good enough. <laughs> and, and and all these are with like traditional publishers. So you know, yeah. I'm like, if it's really bad, they'll tell me. If I haven't said this, anything, I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> I like your style, Sherry. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 uh, it's it's yeah. That's that's in one area. I, I feel like I feel that. Like, I mean, my degree is in accounting, so in many ways, I feel that I am. Um, very uh, practical, very um, uh, not temperamental at all. But in this one thing, I feel like I will allow myself to be, you know, artistic and temperamental in that I will write stuff that interests me rather than stuff I have to slog to write. I mean, I feel like slogging isn't always the worst thing because you know, after my I wrote my first um, first four historical romance. I was already telling my uh, agent, maybe I should stop. You know, I'm not getting up much fresh ideas. Uh, but then I signed a contract for three more, and I wrote Ravishing the Heiress. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Even though I didn't want to write anymore, I'll take Ravishing the Heiress because that's good, and I like it myself. Uh, but after that, um, but the, my seventh book had a amnesia plot. And I'm like, I am against re realistic amnesia. It means amnesia setting the, the, the real world mm -hmm. as a plot. I, I am against it. 
in principle. <laughs> so I've always said, you know, if you're somebody who's against writing amnesia plot and you have nowhere to go but an amnesia plot, then you should stop. You should stop before you like really jump the shark. My my next two books, my next two books that came after, I feel are both some of my best works, but they are older. They are books I've already written once, you know, in my unpublished days. So they're not. Okay. They're not new. They're just like stuff I put hold from underneath the bed and 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 reworked and and handed in. Um, so uh, so when when I had nothing left to give to historical romance, I stopped writing historical historical romance. Um, but now that I've been away from it for a couple of years and uh, I wrote this romance in the upcoming anthology, I said to myself, "Wow, I really love writing romance." Maybe I'll write a. Maybe I'll be more serious about you know coming up with a historical romance uh, because I love writing romance. It's just that for a while I ran out of juice and I didn't want yeah. to force myself. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, you naturally take care of yourself then, and you naturally take care of filling that I, well. I think so I think so. Yeah, I think one of the one of the questions you ask is that um, uh, uh, um, on your worst days, on your bad days, do you wish you had done a different career? Yeah. I was like. No, there are no bad days. I mean, there are some days you feel like you could have had a more remunerative career. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was an accountant. I was thinking to myself, well, you if, I stayed, if I stayed in accounting, um, you know, 10 years, is it 10 years? Well, it's almost 11 years since I got my uh, degree now. Uh, like if I've been working 11 years, uh, by now I'll be close to making partner. And if you make partner, you're like rolling in dough. <laughs> instead of instead of the piddly sums we had to fight for. <laughs> so sometimes I go, wow, is it too late for me to like <laughs> go back? <laughs> but but I, I like yeah. what you say about about the slogging though, and not on the one hand not wanting to do it, but on the other hand understanding that every single book that we write, right around the two thirds to the three quarters mark, it becomes a slog anyway. Yeah, it's it's so terrible. We, just, it, we have to. It's all terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's all terrible. <laughs> And then it gets better eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, like uh, I accepted this long ago. So, so when my friends uh, complain about it, I was like, "You still complain about it?" <laughs> it's like she's like she feels insulted by the process every time the process begins anew. And oh. I, I've, I've made my peace with it long ago. It's just going to suck. It's just going to suck no matter what I do. Um, so, you and know. that brings me peace. I have come to the same thing. Yeah, I just, yeah. uh, there are many days that I hate doing the writing, and but I don't hate it so much that it gets in my way. I just hate it, and I sit down, and then I accidentally have some fun. It just I, happens. I, I, I have this faith somewhere um, that somehow it's going to turn out okay. It, it's, yes. it's like, yes. you know, yes. fearing love, uh, uh, that theater guy was like, uh, you know, it somehow works. I don't know how, but somehow it works. And, yes, and it, I always get to that point where it's not going to work this time, and then I just have faith it will work, and it works. It does. Yeah, it just what go do something else, get on Netflix, and <laughs> and then come back later. Yeah, yeah come back later. Let your let your subconscious, uh, yeah, do I the really work. I really believe in the subconscious doing that, helping us out that way. What, yeah, my what, sorry. Yes, yes, I I am a shower writer. Are you? you know? Well, when I'm in my shower, suddenly when, when you know when the stories kink start working out itself. Have you and, seen the uh, Aqua Notes that um, you can purchase and <laughs> and put in the shower and they're waterproof? And, no, I'm not seeing such things. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have an extra one that I didn't give away at a retreat. I'll get your address after we're off the call and I'll send it to you. 
You'll, you'll love oh, it. Send it. I will love it, but I will never use it because, uh, you know, that's... I... You know what's funny is that your, fa- your family starts using it and they start writing pictures and notes to each other. It's pretty funny. That's <laughs> oh, like, wow, the stuff that exists in this world. I know, I know. Okay, so what secret writing tip of awesomeness did you discover the hard way? Uh, you mean besides give it a spine? <laughs> yes. Yeah, if, um, if there is something. If there's something that I discover the hard way, um, uh, no, just that. Okay. It, that, that. That stories need a structure. Nowadays, I kind of don't start a story at um, just at a uh, scenario level. Premise, I don't. Yeah. I don't go. Ooh, this sounds cute. And I kind of know who these characters are and blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, I don't start there anymore, which is why I don't start many books. <laughs> <laughs> would, that, would that be your craft tip also? Or do you have a separate craft tip of any sort? Oh, craft tip on the smaller level. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. different ones. Like, uh, because I actually give a lot of craft talk, though never on structure. But this fall, I'm actually going to, somebody asked me to give a, um, give a talk on structure. And I have been emailing a, a, a friend and I was like, you know, I don't know anything about structure. She said, yeah, that is so true. That is so true. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, a good I not, friend. I, I, I could not tell you the turning point of a book, uh, you know, if it came and hit me upside the head. <laughs> but they happen in your books. You just, you just naturally yeah, it, it, put them I, in there. I, I guess I know how to do them, but I don't know how to talk about them. Um, so, <laughs> and I write, I, and I sometimes write plot-heavy books too. You do, um, you definitely do. But, but, but I do. I my uh, my tip that I would give to other people if they're looking for um, tips on how to write character, you know, it's it's like like my number one tip tip is uh, enter through pain, mm. because pain is private. Mm. Pain is secret. You know, you let people know right away what is their pain, and you know, you're done. You're done. That's. That just blew my mind, and I've been doing this for a long time. Okay, I've never heard I, it said I, so simply. I, 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 I learned it from uh, reading Andre Agassi's uh, autobiography, because we all think a memoir. He's he didn't write. I think he wrote a memoir. Um, I think we all think we know who Andre Agassi is, right? And the first page in that memoir, he's like he rose out of bed and he can barely like stand up because his body he's under so much physical pain, mm. and then. He tells you that he hates tennis, that he has always hated tennis. And then you go like, well, I know your physical pain. I know your emotional pain. I want to know how you did it all this year. So then you just read straight always. And that's when I realized enter via pain. I love that. I always well, enter I always enter via shame, which I think is peripherally connected. Same. Yeah. If, if, yeah. If, if shame is the major pain for you, then that yeah. is, yeah. Which I think it is for many, many people, at least all of my characters, <laughs> all, of, all of the people living in my head. <laughs> if you were starting over as a new writer right now, what advice would you give yourself as a brand new writer? I don't know. I don't know. I'm really glad I'm not starting out as a new writer now, because I think looking at the, how it is, I'll be like, like freaking out as in like running around the room, like just screaming my head off. Uh, there's so much of, information. Yeah, there's so much information. Yeah. There's so much competition. And it's just, it's all like overload. And, uh, and, and the amount of just, yeah, it is just 
the competition, the amount of competition that's out there. Before, you only have to worry about getting past that one gatekeeper, which is which is you know your old-fashioned publisher, like mm-hmm. in their ivory towers in New York. And now it's like there's no gatekeeper, and and you can do like a million things for yourself, right? I am but, so glad I didn't have to make those choices. I wrote my I, first book by myself with no community. I had never been to an RWA meeting. I didn't know anyone. My my first book was published via the slush pile uh, from an agent's desk. You know, I didn't know the agent. I knew nothing. And now there's just and now I could. I, I, what would I? I, have I was done? the same way. I was the same way because because I mean I I'm always a kind of I'm the kind of person who if I don't know anything then I will follow other people's advice. And in the beginning, I didn't know anything about publishing. One book I read about publishing actually advised me to join RW after finishing my first book. Oh, how smart. So, so that, I don't know why. I cannot remember why now. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I don't I know, know what, what's the reason they gave. But, but yeah, but that's, so that's what I did. After I finished my first book, I joined my local chapter. Not before. Yeah. So um, so yeah, it was it was all done in isolation. And it was... It was uh, uh, which is like a bad and good and bad because isolation means you cannot check the uh, advice you're given. And and when I started writing romance, my wonderful sister-in-law bought me a book published by RT, I think it was actually um, Romantic Times. Uh, basically, it's a book on how to write romance. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, what I did not realize was that that book was... Uh, that book was like 10, 15 years out of date. She bought it at a bookstore, so it's new to her. It's new to me. So we, you know, but but what what happened was it told me that a historical romance should be 120,000 words long. Holy crap. (laughs) Back then, that was how long they were, right? But but, but by the time, even 10 years ago when I was writing, it wasn't. Right. Um, No, 15 years ago when I started, it, it had already come down a lot. And so what happened was I finished my book. It was only 95,000 words long. So I said needs another plot twist obviously <laughs> and by the time i was done with that plot turn it was 140,000 words long oh my God. so when i queried and i said this is you know how long it is uh and an agent sent back said, i'm interested in seeing this but 140 is way too long should keep it under you know 100k so then i was like all right so i took out all the extra stuff i checked on it and it was like 95k and so that's what i'm telling you we were so ignorant back then we knew nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's a good, that's a kind of mistake that you are unlikely to make now if you are um, yes. with everything. But then the thing is, there's so much information. I think your head is going to explode if you don't have a strong filter. I mean, this is going to work for me. This is not going to work for me. Um, so I guess if I really were to ad- advise somebody starting new, it would be it's kind of the same. Focus on the writing. And, um, my God, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, um, starting for, for folks starting new now, it would just be, um, yeah, it's a, it's a trial and error process and there's, there's no getting around it. And the main thing is, uh, be kind of cheap. Don't spend too much money on promotion and stuff. I love that. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, work on your craft, um, in the end, uh, now that we see Amazon keeps uh, um, uh, keeps uh, tweaking its algorithm, uh, you cannot get uh, you cannot hope to just put a book out there and have it take off anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's it's in a way it's kind of back to the mm-hmm. um, it's a wild west, but it's kind of back to the same old wild west we knew. 
in I which, agree. which, which is that you still have to get other people excited about your books yeah. for, for it to have, for your, for you to have a career. It's, it's now again, back down to, you know, people have to hear some word of mouth um, because everybody's Kindle is filled up with free and 99 cents books. Uh, so, um, I really like that you said that I hadn't thought about that, but we are back to that same Method. Yeah, you you need you need other people to be excited about you. You need readers to want to tell other readers about your book. Um, yeah, I think I think those just the, those gold rush days are over. I I was very sad, you know, <laughs> never to have any <laughs> I know, made I any gold gold rush era. But I but it, it was too. it was it was like uh, yeah. But but right now it's it's a landscape that's actually kind of familiar and comforting yeah. in a it, way. We just have to write. We have to write good yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. But I'm still sad that I didn't make. You know, I didn't make bank during. <laughs> I always tell this. I always tell the story that you know there was one RWA probably you know seven years ago. I sat. I had lunch with my friend Bella Andre, and yeah. and she said to me, she goes, you know, Rachel, I I just put up a couple of books online, my old backlist, and and I made like a hundred dollars. And this month I made even more and you should do it. And I said, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't need to do that. The problem was I didn't have backlist books at the time. I didn't either. I didn't either. Yeah. 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 So it was like, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's wonderful for her that, you know, that she was able to do everything she was able to do during the time. And I was like, oh, Bella, you know. <laughs> but, but sometimes I ask myself, you know, sometimes I think, oh my God, you know, I want to have had this other person's career or this other person's, but then, you know, then I try to say to myself, okay, no, you can never have somebody's career. You basically have to have their whole shebang. Yes. And, and I'm like, I mean, what do I want to give up? You know, cause, cause you go, oh, what wouldn't I give to have that kind of success? Actually, no, what would I give? Would I give my health? No. no. Would I give my family? No. no. Would I give my house? No. The only thing I would give is maybe half my closet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, these are the clothes I'm not interested in anymore. But you know, what could I get for that? So, so in the end, you know, in the end, I have to be pretty happy with what I have. I like my yeah. shebang. You like your yeah. shebang. This yeah. is the shebang yeah. I want to keep. Yes. Yes. The Here, try some, try some. Try some clothes I'm no longer wearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell us where where listeners can find you. What would you like to tell us about right now? Anything? I'm sorry, where uh, uh, where readers can find you online? Uh, and... Well, um, my website is uh, sherrythomas.com, and I'm Sherry Thomas on uh, Twitter, and uh, author Sherry Thomas on Facebook or something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, you know. Um, you can find me on all the vendors. That's the more important that thing. That is the more important thing, yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm, not, is, I'm, not, I'm not too too many places. Yeah. When is your next book coming out? My next book is an interesting project. It's an anthology called Sight Unseen, which is, um, which is the brainchild of Judith at uh, Open Press Inc. And uh, it's a, um, it's, Basically, it's an anthology with five romance authors, but none of us are writing what we normally write. That's exciting. Yes. And the thing is, uh, our names will be on the book, but our names are not attached to our stories. Oh, that's wild. Readers have to read and kind of guess who wrote what. Oh, I love that. So it's a test of, if you think you love this author, can you actually recognize their work without their name on it? 
That is a dirty, delicious trick. But that's what I think also, which is why I <laughs> jumped into it. Um, and uh, so it'll be out June 6th, which is next Tuesday. And uh, Oh, perfect. And this, uh, this podcast yeah. will be out next week, so I will make sure I have yeah. all the links up. And uh, it's called Sight Unseen. And uh, and I'm very excited about it because I really love uh, my contribution and I want to see if people can tell it's me. <laughs> I, well, it's a game and I'm absolutely going to hit the one click buy and I'm going to see if I can figure it out. I, I hope you will. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank you so much, Sherry. You just have just made my day and my week. It, and... It's been wonderful. It's been so much fun. Such a pleasure Good luck, to talk uh, with you. Good luck with everything and uh, keep on with the podcast. Thank uh, you. And thanks for the inspiration that you give me as a writer. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Take yeah. care, Sherry. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.